This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hans Shot First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. Hey. This week we're talking about Gross Point Blank. It came out in 1997, starring John Cusack, Joan Cusack, Minnie Driver, Dan Aykroyd, Hank Azaria, and others. And Cusack. And, okay, there you go. The third Cusack. Didn't even know that. Uh, directed by George Armitage. Armitage? Armitage. Armitage. <laughs> and written by... Arma, that's an anime. Tom Jankowitz. Jankowitz, whatever. Get a better name. Um, <laughs> and Alan Arkin. Jeebus. Alan <laughs> Jer- Arkin. Jeremy Piven. Others. Uh, Alex, I think you wanted us to watch this movie. What's your uh, history with it? Um, I really wasn't expecting much from this movie because the only people that I knew were John Cusack and Minnie Driver. And I think I still had, like, Goodwill Hunting on the brain, and I hadn't seen anything from John Cusack in a while. So I'm like, yeah, I'll watch this. And, it, like, he's an assassin. He starts sniping people, like, five minutes in. Like, I was hooked. So I, I generally like John Cusack. I don't, yeah. know, I don't know how often someone says, eh, I haven't seen John Cusack in anything lately. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same thought that I had when I watched the Hot Tub Time Machine. Oh, there you hey. go. I haven't seen Cusack in anything in a while. Yeah. So did you say and wait to go back to all the Cusacks? Did you say and Cusack? And yes, her. Because I saw on the credits, I saw Bill Cusack also. Oh, that's it's very possible. There's a fourth Cusack. <laughs> yeah, because he he was credited as bartender. Hmm. Jeebus, <laughs> family affair. Anyways, and so but you saw it on home video or in the theater or? No, I think I saw it in the theater. Okay, nice. Scott, Plus, it was yeah, it came out in '98, and it, this movie is '90s as shit. See, I'm pretty sure I saw this in the theaters when it came out, and uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, it was a different kind of movie. I, you know that, that that old boring movie about the the hitman that returns to his <laughs> returns home for his high school reunion, that old time yeah. thing. But I still and enjoyed it. Spin it at his head. Mm-hmm. Put their own twist to it. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I saw this, well, technically, I haven't still seen this all the way through. <laughs> He's watching it right now, folks. Jeff, Jeff made a valiant effort. <laughs> I had a hard time with this movie. I've, I've never seen it before. Three three or four times now, and I've, I just can't do it. So we'll, we'll see what goes here. It just <laughs> found it extremely boring. And I, I find most John Cusack movies boring to begin with. So I don't know, but... We'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll see what I remember, how far I've gotten, because I've fallen asleep a few times. I don't even know if I'm toward the end or not. We'll, we'll see. You don't know if like, never, another movie had started by the time this one finished. That's true. It was weird uh, when they rode off in the desert on camels. <laughs> yeah. yeah, with a boombox raised over his head. Yeah. yeah. So uh, let's get going. So we usually talk about seven items we like or dislike. Uh, Alex, start us off, number seven. Uh, my number seven is later on in the movie. He's already at the um, reunion, and he holds this baby. And on my notes, I just have it written as Epiphany Baby. 
She kind of does. He's just holding the baby, staring into his eyes, and the baby's just staring in his soul. Tiffany, baby. Yeah. What was the song that was playing? It was, uh, it was uh, something Under poignant. Pressure. Really? Okay, yeah. I was, was going to yeah. say it was something that related. Yeah. I mean, back when I first saw this movie, I thought that was a pretty neat scene. But now, I mean, it's real. The Epiphany Baby's real, bro. So, so I wonder if this was the, the first movie that brought back that song, and then it was in every movie for a while. Maybe. Wasn't Blister in the Sun also in a lot of movies, and then also in this uh, one? That I couldn't say. And that one, that one's just over like the end. That one yeah. didn't really have anything to do with anything. No, they played it during this, the movie. Do they? Oh, yeah, they danced to it. Yeah, that's right. Oh, okay. I know they played it. I couldn't tell you which part. My eyes may or may not have been open. So maybe it was the end. <laughs> eyes or ears. <laughs> I, I, I just know that I heard that song because that's what I wanted. And your mouth songs. was open because you were snoring. Yes. Um, all right, Scott, number six, seven. Uh, number seven are the the therapist scenes between Cusack and <laughs> and, Alan, and Alan Arkin. That's so good. Uh, Alan Arkin's always great at being uh, kind of curmudgeonly or frustrated. Um, in this case, rightfully so, uh, given that that Martin's pretty much a psychopath. Like literally, is literally a psychopath. Um, no, no. See, psychopaths kill for no reason. He kills for money. <laughs> there you go. Uh, freely amoral as he sees himself. Um, yeah, just it's it's fun seeing Arkin do that, and uh, Cusack, who I'll have more to say about later. Uh, he's, you know, he, Cusack basically plays Cusack most of the time, where he's just kind of this dialed down neurotic that, that comes out uh, in an outburst, and that's what he does when he when he's talking to him, and then uh, it's all uh, highlighted with the the punchline at the end where he tells him he doesn't need to see him anymore, and Arkin's like. You like we weren't we weren't doing it anyway, so uh, as yeah. uh, I, f- I forget the exact line now. Uh, but it, it was a conflict of interest because he was emotionally invested in like the relationship. <laughs> yeah. It's like I'm very afraid of you. That's an emotional investment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, the, the therapist stuff. Okay, uh, my number seven. Mini driver's terrible. What? <laughs> I don't. I don't like her. Like these, I have these actors in this movie. I just don't like. Like she's okay in Groundhog's Day, and I think that's the only thing I like. Groundhog's right. Day, isn't that her? See, I don't even. <laughs> no, know who whoa. You, you mean Andy, Andy McDowell? Yeah, goddamn. Jesus I Christ, Jeff. Whatever. Well, I don't Is like this. this chick why you hate this movie? Because yeah. you thought it was Andy <laughs> McDowell. McDowell yeah. the whole time. <laughs> I, I, I can see how you'd be confused. You know, expecting Bill Murray to show up and it was Dan Aykroyd instead. <laughs> yeah. Where the hell was he, he gone? He kept killing the same person over and <laughs> over again. Whatever, I don't like her, and I don't like... So maybe I like her, and I don't... I, I don't like her, and I like Annie McDowell. I don't know, but... But you feel strongly about it. I do. <laughs> it's just boring. I don't like it. So there she is, number seven. Sorry. And I, I only okay. saw her in, like... She, I barely made it to her scenes in the movie, and I didn't like it. So, she's a DJ, something like that. I don't really know what's going on. That wasn't a fan. That's my number seven. Sorry, All folks. Right. Not my best quality tonight. Alex, number six. <laughs> My number six is I like how through most of the movie, John Cusack, his character Martin, is just on guard. His hand is always halfway to his gun. And of course, it's for good reason, but you don't kind of see that for a majority of a film. And I thought it was neat. But he goes to talk to Dan Aykroyd for the first time, and they're doing that thing, walking around each other. And when he's just walking down the street, 
and Jeremy Piven goes, hey, Martin Blake, and he, he instinctively reaches for his gun until he sees who it is. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, I, I agree. I enjoyed him in this. Uh, more to say about that later. But yeah, just all those those quirks of him always kind of keeping his back to a wall, all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. All right. Uh, no, I'm just trying to. I'm reading uh, Mini Driver's IMDb, and I haven't seen her in anything. So apparently, I don't like her. This is the only movie I've seen her in. So <laughs> bad, bad start. Bad start. Yeah. Did, did you, you didn't watch uh, Goodwill Hunting? Yeah, but I don't remember it. She didn't stand <laughs> out. She didn't. I mean, I, I've seen. I remember you the didn't. Plot, you didn't, she see didn't stand cir- out. You didn't see Circle of Friends. No. Wait, is she the girl that he's that Matt Damon gets with? I don't even remember. Oh yes. Yeah. Matt love Damon. Matt Damon. I don't like them apples. Scott, number six. All right. Number six is... Uh, I started to distill this down to you know, one scene, so I just kind of have the basically all the, the different beats in the reunion. Uh, I'm running into old people, and it's funny because he's a hitman. Uh, you know, you get a lot of mileage out of that, that whole premise. Uh, all the way through the... The final uh, fight with Benny the Jet. You'll appreciate this, Alex. Uh, ben, yeah, Benny know. the Jet Urquidez? But his name is Benny the Jet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it, yeah, to that, that like kickboxing, kickboxing fight that uh, ends with the, the next stabbing of the pen. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought it was, it was perfect as Benny Driver sees him and he, you know, he's, he, he does the, you know, it's basically not what it looks like. Uh, and she runs away in the the uh, Nana songs playing the ninety nine red balloons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he and Piven are like, yeah, the, yeah. I have more to say. Yeah. About and then, that. and then I, yeah, that was perfect. I, I really liked how Piven was game for it all too. Like he was like, yeah, sure, I'll help you carry this body. Like, I mean, yeah, he was freaked out, but you know, he went along with everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, just the the ninety nine red balloons was perfect. I, don't, I can't really I, see why, but it was funny. Yeah, I didn't, didn't make it far. Sounds great. Um, my number six is Jerry Piven plays the same goddamn character and everything. He was might as well have been Ari Gold in this. And I like Piven, but I was a little disappointed. And all this came before Ari Gold, so maybe he stole it from himself. I'm not sure. <laughs> it's my number six, Jerry Jeff, Piven. Jeff's going strong today. Yeah, yeah. I don't have much good to say about this. I'm saving a couple good things toward the end, and it's pretty much the soundtrack so far. <laughs> Alex, number five. Uh, number five, this is something that hit me a bit more uh, poignantly, I would guess, later in life. But having his home replaced with a mini-mart, his childhood home, it's like that was him freaking out there was, it, it hit home with me because it kind of happened to me. I mean, <laughs> the place where I used to live with as a kid should have been demolished a long time ago. And I guess it was, but even before I got there. And replaced with uh, something else, so it uh, yeah it hits home. Yeah, well, fair enough. Yeah, that's, that's shout out to feelings. the Doom Two arcade in there. Hey, don't take away my few items that I have on my list. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all you have to say about that, uh, Scott. Number five. Okay, uh, number five is, and I mentioned this before we started, just the the whole concept uh, is is great. And uh, I think they they pretty much they do, they do a good job of balancing it with you know moving the story along and getting from beginning to end. Uh, the 
yeah, but the the concept of this hey man, this kid disappears like uh, his senior year in high school, like right after he graduates and he goes in the army, becomes a hitman. Um, nobody sees or hears from him at all. And then he returns one day and, you know, he's back in the middle of suburbia um, and just his, his whole weird uh, worldview. And as Alex said that, you know, he's, <laughs> he's always on the lookout for people trying to kill him now. Uh, but at the same time, he just wants like some normal things like everybody else, but he can't really handle it. Uh, yeah. Again, I, I, I like the concept. Um, you know, even if Jeff hated this, uh, you know, it's it's hard to compare this to something else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't say I hate it. I just said I couldn't stay awake for it. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry, Jeff. I didn't mean to put words in your mouth. <laughs> yeah. There is a difference. I, that's I'm having a, I had a hard time coming up with the rating for this, which we'll find out in a little bit. All right. My number five is... And I already kind of mentioned this. I find John Cusack extremely boring. I don't think I like any of his movies. Like we did High Fidelity not too long ago. I, he's like, eh. Like luckily, like Jack Black and other people are in it. Like I just find him boring. I think that's why I just see him and I just want to yawn and go to sleep. Uh, sorry if I offend you. <laughs> and by you, I mean John Cusack specifically. <laughs> no. Thanks, Jeff. We just lost another listener. <laughs> I don't know. I just I haven't seen many of his movies, but every time I see him, and, and yeah, I, I just yeah, it just wasn't <laughs> for me. Sorry, Alex, number four. Uh, my number four is Jeremy Piven because this is the first thing I saw him in, like ever. I thought, oh, this guy is great. He's a good supporting character in this. He he brings like a with uh, Martin being depressed and stuff like that, and he, he's like very high energy and fast paced a little bit and the interaction between both of them in the car and you get they go right back to their high school days as friends it, it was nice to see it was a good dynamic between the two yeah I agree plus yeah there's a dead body it's like oh is he dead as he's wrapping him in paper <laughs> ready to take him down into the furnace so, so I think the first thing I remember seeing Piven in was PCU See, I saw that right after this. When he when he was playing like a <laughs> senior in college, and he looked like he was thirty six, thirty seven. Anyway, mm-hmm. well, I will say he what he did play the actor who was playing George Costanza in the Seinfeld uh, pilot. <laughs> I don't know if you know that yeah. or not. So wait, so that was, yeah, that's not. I remember that. Wait, so say yeah. say that again. So in Seinfeld, they were making a show about nothing that Jerry and George were coming up with, and the, the person they cast to play George was Jeremy Piven. Okay. And Jerry was playing himself, but yeah, the guy who was playing George, it was like Larry, you know, it was very meta <laughs> a couple of yeah, episodes. extremely meta. Um, and then he, the, <laughs> well, Jeremy Piven's character was offset, but he was about to go on stage to film, but he was freaking out, and then Jerry was looking at this whole thing. He was like, oh, this is great. This is exactly what George would do. <laughs> it's very surreal. So you saw him in that first. Well, you didn't say you didn't watch Seinfeld right away, so maybe you missed it. It also yeah. says here he was movie watcher and uh, Married with Children, the episode called Pump Fiction. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds more like a porno than Married with Children. I don't yeah, know. I know. Well, and then he was in Heat. Remember, he's the doctor. They take his jacket. Oh, that's and right. Yeah, he when yeah, Val yeah. Kilmer gets shot. He's like, I got this for my kid, and then yeah. he just gives him money. Yeah. Anyway, 
Uh, I forgot where he left off. Is it Scott now? Four? Yeah, Scott number four. Uh, number four is, is Dan Aykroyd. As as we said before, <laughs> well, I didn't see that guy in anything. And this is, I, I think this is like the last thing I remember seeing him in. Uh, it was like, uh, you know, the Ghostbuster movies, uh, My Girl, um, the, the Twilight Zone, uh, and, and then basically this, there's a couple other things in between, but yeah, this, this, this is it. And it's a, it's a really weird performance, uh, but, but it works for Aykroyd in this. Um, and, uh, I, I think he and, uh, Cusack play very well off each other as, as they're yeah. both neurotic and very high strung. And, uh, the, the whole time he, he's doing like, it's almost a take on the, the Tommy boy, uh, the, what's, what's the name of his character in Tommy boy? Tommy, Mister, the... spinning. No, it's not Callahan. It's the other one. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Anyways, in that he's he's got that kind of fast talking, like uh, vacuous grin on his face, and he does the same thing here to to great effect. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed Act right here, which is good because it's the last thing I saw him in. I think. You didn't see Blues Brothers two thousand. <laughs> I, I think I tried to watch that one. <laughs> All right. Well, my number four is also Dan Aykroyd, but once again in a negative. It's terrible. Jeff's just <laughs> listening to everybody in this movie. No, like, that's the one thing. I was like, oh, Dan Aykroyd's in it. And then, yeah, he just was so different. I'm like, oh, God, I love this guy from Trading Places and Ghostbusters and all this stuff. And it just, he didn't. Ah, it wasn't my, it wasn't my Dan Aykroyd. I don't know who's Dan Aykroyd was. <laughs> Not my Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> yeah. So... Sorry, Dan Aykroyd. We lost another listener. Alex. <laughs> Ghost, <laughs> Ghostbusters are dropping like flies. He's not going to send us his tequila anymore. <laughs> oh, it's uh, Skullhead Vodka, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's not going to send us that anymore. Damn, Damn it. it. <laughs> Anyways, my number three is just the 90s quirk. Like, it, it, it has that same vibe that some of the, like, American Pie or 10 Things I Hate About You stuff had. But, you know, it it wasn't so obvious since it was a bit more grown up. You know, everybody's coming back after 10 years to high school. But it still had a bit of that energy to it. Plus all the quirky conversations between, you know, Martin and uh, Mini Driver and pretty much just anybody. Even the NSA guys with Dan Aykroyd <laughs> when they're in the bathroom. He's like, oh, he's coming back. <laughs> then Dan Aykroyd goes back to hide or grocer. He goes back to hide. <laughs> And Hank Azaria and the other duo's partner were just laughing. It's like, oh, you assholes. <laughs> that was funny. That made me chuckle. Yeah, that, that was their, their characters were kind of weird. Yeah. With their whole role <laughs> and everything. See, the, the the guy that wasn't Hank Azaria, like, his, his character was super weird. But anyway. All right. Scott. Number All right. Uh, number three. three. Yeah. Uh, so the convenience store scene, the the one where spoilers gets blown up. Uh, so so it was equally fun and equally ridiculous. Uh, the fact that <laughs> just throwing something in the microwave like that would, would do it, even though it was like C four, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it had a mercury thing in there. Yeah. That and then it was ridiculous the fact that the convenience store clerk couldn't hear all the shit going on behind him just because he had his headphones on. Well, he was playing Doom. He probably yeah. thought it was from the arcade game. Yeah, just was that an arcade game? I don't know. Probably not. But the, I'll let Jeff talk about it because I think it was on his list. But the yeah, okay. But yeah. just just typical 
movie bullshit where <laughs> sound sound doesn't work quite the same way it does in the real world. Uh, but yeah, just that this place winds up getting blown up. Uh, it's probably actually cathartic for for Martin. Uh, yeah, it's the first real big action piece too. Uh, was, uh, the movie kind of shifts into that gear, uh, leading yeah. leading up toward the end. So yeah, it, it was kind of unexpected at that point. Uh, you know, there, there there was the assassination in the beginning, um, and then yeah, everybody he's kind of on edge. But yeah, th- that was it up until that point. So it was a little bit of a surprise. Yeah. So yeah, that's why my number three, the convenience store, getting blown up. Blown up. All right, uh, my number three is the Doom 2 arcade machine because there is no such thing as a Doom 2 arcade machine. I even looked it up, and the only person who asked this question was, hey, I just saw Gross playing Brink. Is that real? And they said, no, it was a prop, so therefore, F you. But it was Doom 2, so I if I have know. to give this movie a plus, then I'll give it a plus <laughs> for that. Maybe... Maybe it was released in, in Michigan. We don't know. Yeah. It's a custom ROM job. But whatever. Yeah, I guess it could have been a MAME arcade, arcade cabinet or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, High, highly unlikely, though. Just yeah. probably one of the prop guys liked Doom, and that was it. Yeah, or they got some kind of payoff from ID software or something. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Um, but yeah, it was weird that he was playing Doom 2. But I did, I was, I, at least I perked up for that. There it is. Number three. Alex, number two. My number two is I've never seen this before in you know action movies or anything like that where an assassin is actually getting depressed and kind of bored of his job, killing. He's got all the money, he does his job well, but he's you know he's just going through the motions and he has no passion for killing people anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So he's going to a therapist regularly, you know, against his will, and his secretary, aptly played by uh, Joan Cusack who has an honorable mention on my list, uh, tells him, you should go to this reunion. It'll be good for you. And then he gets a job that actually has him in the same town. So, yeah, I like that whole, the, that character quirk that Martin has. All right, fair enough. Go back to Scott's uh, real quick about your t- your C4 in the microwave. What I thought was stupid was that it blew up when the microwave hit zero. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah there was a little... Hollywood, whatever. I doubt. Yeah, yeah. Of all the things wrong with this for me, that was not one. <laughs> all right, Scott, number two. All right. So, uh, for my number two, uh, again, as I mentioned, uh, I, I really like Cusack here, being neurotic, and he—he's actually very underrated uh, as as an, I don't call him an action star, but um, do, doing all this action, all this physical stuff. Yeah. His martial arts are good. Yeah. He's, you know, he, he did a lot of kickboxing in real life. Um, and that, that comes into play and, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he looks good on screen doing all this shit. Um, mm-hmm. kind of surprised that he, he didn't do more of that throughout his career. Or maybe they just didn't want to cast him in that role. Uh, but yeah, he, he really works here as, uh, as an action or carrying the action. Um, and, uh, I, like his kind of uh, deadpan uh, reactions to everything during all the uh, all the shootouts, which we'll get to uh, by number one. But uh, yeah, again, Cusack uh, was really good here. Uh, what was the movie where he was out driving an earthquake? Terrible. Oh, uh, uh, that Roland Emmerich thing. 2012 or something like that? Yeah. There it is. I don't blame him for that, but oh, God. Was that the one with the wolves, or was that the other one? No, that was the other one. 
Okay. That was the day after tomorrow. Yes, as a as a couple time guest, Wade has put it. Uh, you know, when when weather's the bad guy, it's never going to be a good movie. <laughs> I think the one exception was like Twister. Twister, Twister was like yeah. the, that was the problem. Was like, well, Twister was okay, so now everybody thought they could do it, and nah. Yeah. More CGI cows. Yeah. Uh, my turn. Yeah. All right. My number two is I thought someone already mentioned it earlier. The the some of the scenes, or at least the scene I saw with the therapist, were funny. He was so scared of his client and wanted him the hell out of there. And every time he asked him a question, he was kind of like, ugh. So that was funny. <laughs> Sir, something positive. There we go. Alex, number one. <laughs> My number one is uh, Martin Blank's last stand at the big mansion when he saves, uh, what's his face? The guy from Liar Liar. <laughs> Her dad. Oh, that whole sh- yeah, that whole shootout was awesome. I love the shot. <laughs> right when it starts, the uh, her dad and Minnie Driver go to the, go to open the door, even though he told them not to move. And there's a dead guy there. And then you see Ted Aykroyd <laughs> with his two guns like close to his chest, just running up in short short steps. Uh, that was gold. But that whole thing was awesome. And like Scott said, yeah, Cusack carries the action really well. There's some some points where uh, I don't think I've seen many other action movies where they hold the guns like at weird angles like Cusack did like when he was on the floor around the corner he had both of them like stacked on top of each other a little bit thought that was kind of cool and when he killed that one guy <laughs> he just he's already shot him but he kept hitting him with a frying pan <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the coup de gras the TV to the face awesome great way to end the fight alright Scott number one one, uh, yeah, the the shootout in the house uh, leads to the whole uh, kind of small twist, but yeah, the guy that he's there to kill is is her dad. Um, so he runs and rescues him, and uh, all all the stuff Alex mentioned. Uh, I like the part when the the, the NSA agents or FBI agents. Uh, oh yeah, NSA. Yeah, when they 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 pop in and Ackroyd pops up and he's got that stupid grin on his face. <laughs> he kills both of them, and then yeah, they have the back and forth, and he gets hit in the head of the TV, but like. <laughs> She, he puts him in the bathtub and gives her a gun, and he finally comes in with the door, and she like shoots it, and he he's been shot, and he just kind of moves the gun away with his hand, and tells her that you know he'd, he'd like to ask for a hand in marriage, and the dad's like, well, he has my permission. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it, it, it was uh, awesome. very well staged. Uh, again, surprising given the, the trajectory of the movie. Uh, yeah. The way, the way it was all set up, that it would end in this big action piece. Yeah. So, yep, yeah, the, the, the shoot at the end. Sounds like I missed out. All right, my number one <laughs> is the music. Yeah, I like the music, at least a few songs. In the 90s, yeah. I'm always a sucker yeah. for that. Honorable mention. So, um, yep, that's it. Good soundtrack. It's probably better the more I listen to it or the more I got further in the movie, but too bad for me. Yeah, a lot, uh, lot of chart toppers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, any honorable mentions besides music for Scott? Um, the the dog gag was it was weird how they kept bringing it up. And oh yeah, they accidentally... that's why Felix was after him, right? Or Joan Jet or whatever. Joan Jet. Benny the Jet. <laughs> that's why Joan Jet was trying to kill him. <laughs> yeah. She she was she was trying to blow him up with a cherry bomb. Uh, nice. Thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> 
yeah, no, but like they they hint at it that he that he did something he wasn't supposed to, and it turns out that he he blew up a dog, and it keep it comes up like after he kills the guy, and he's like, you kill one dog, you blow up one dog accidentally. Uh, so yeah, the dog gag, and then again the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Mine is Joan Cusack. Oh yeah, she's she she's is... good in this too. Yeah. Some limited scenes, but it's great when she's off the phone with Martin. And it's like, oh, hi. And she's talking to one of her friends. It's like, hold on. I got somebody on the other call. And it's like the bullet supplier. And she's like, well, where the fuck did the cases go? <laughs> I don't care. Just find them. <laughs> then she goes back. Hi. Yeah. What's that? What's up? No, you just tossed the ingredients there. It's a simple soup base. <laughs> the same intensity. That was, oh, that was hilarious. Plus her destroying the office. Oh, that's a great scene. Yeah, All right. and Doom Good 2, stuff. Doom 2. Okay, well, let's rate it. Uh, we rate it on a scale of 1 to 7, 7 being perfect, 1 being the worst thing ever. Scott, or Alex, why don't you go first? All right, uh, this is an easy 6 for me. I've loved this movie since since I first watched it, obviously. I can watch this pretty much whenever. It's so great. That, that's it. <laughs> All right, Scott. Uh, so... Uh, yeah, I enjoy most of the performances all the way through. Uh, it's got the, the quirkiness, and then it has some very enjoyable action. And I, again, I love the concept. So it, it, it's tough to, to do this, but I give it a six. Because there's, right. there's other things that I think are funnier, better action, but yeah, I go with six. All right. I need help from you guys, because I don't know how to put this on my scale. I didn't well, finish it. But you don't hate it. I don't <laughs> hate it. it. So why don't you do a, a three? No. It's a one or a two. I, I can't give what, it a Really? <laughs> I, I said, that's, a, that's in hating territory. I know, but if it's that's what I'm saying. I didn't hate it, but if it's so bad okay. I can't finish it. I, I'm going to say if you didn't finish it, that you can't properly oh, give yeah, it a one. Go, yeah, let's go NA. So you got to give it a two. All right. <laughs> if you're going to give it, if you have to give it a letter, or sorry, if you have to get a number... Then yeah, you gotta give it to yeah. ones. One, yeah. Ones and sevens are, reserve, are reserved for things that we've actually seen all the way through. Yeah, but I yeah. but I tried yeah. three times. It's not like I just didn't get around to it. I, I really tried. So I have to give it a number. I can't not but find like is is it is it Dune bad? I don't know. At least Dune, I wanted to know what was happening next, and this I did not. But uh, all right, it's not Dune bad. Two, two it is. All right. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> Alright, what's our crossover list, Alex? Uh top five assassins in all of entertainment. Alright. Alright. Now I had a little what's the difference between like an assassin and a spy? I know there's a difference. Assassin hitman. Really... If like I I would say that like James Bond is a would be a hitman. Would qualify yeah. as a hitman. Jason Bourne absolutely kill. would qualify. Neither one of those are on my list, by the way. Yeah, me either. I wouldn't Peg Bond is an assassin. He's absolutely right. an assassin. No, he does. He does. He does, he does both. Kill. He does. He does both. That's what I'm saying. Like he qualifies yeah. as an assassin. Okay. Okay. I kept those off my list because I wasn't sure, but I wanted to see where you guys were going. So, all right, uh, Alex, number five. Uh, my number five is I can't leave him off the list because he's the first assassin that I always think about whenever something like that, ha- like this happen so martin blank i always go right to gross point blank whenever he 
Anybody talks assassin movies. All right. Yeah. Scott. Okay. So uh, I'm going to start with something very recent. The uh, continuation, I'm not going to say the resurrection, but the continuation of Keanu Reeves as an action star. Uh, Baba Yaga, John Wick. (laughs) The Booger Man. The Boogie Man. John Wick. All right. Nice. Very good. Um, I he may be a little further up on my list. Um, my number five, I had to pick a bad. I wanted to pick a bad guy, a bad assassin for the movie. So I picked, which I don't think he ever gets a name, but uh, he gets called Booth, and that'd be John Malkovich in, in the Line of Fire. Mm. Oh yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, and, nice. Uh, yeah, he was a, like a classified, like what they call him, a wet boy or whatever in the movie and everything. So yeah, do they give him a name? I don't think so. Right, John Doe Booth. Aim high. <laughs> Aim high. So anyway, John Malkovich in Line of Fire. Alex, number four. Yep. Wow. <laughs> number four is from a video game series, and this is Assassin's in the name here. Assassin's Creed, but namely Ezio Auditore, the Italian assassin, which is when I really started really liking the series, is Assassin's Creed 2. That game just had everything fleshed out. It's a, entertaining from beginning to end. I'll, I'll jump in. That's my number four as well, and specifically the same version. Yeah, the first movie yeah. the game I did not like. The second one I really did like, and yeah, they, they cleaned out the uh, the game mechanics and the fact that it was in Italy. I think, or you know, the Renaissance period and all that stuff. Yeah, really yeah, it's so cool. Um, all right, uh, I guess Scott. Yeah, number four. Yeah. Okay, so no, my number four. Uh, speaking of Clint Eastwood, uh, that would be William Money from Unforgiven. Uh, this one is, mm, he's more of a hired gun, but in this, he, he is hired there specifically to be an assassin and everybody like the townsfolk call them assassins. So they're assassins. Uh, (laughs) but yeah, you, you really see just how much of an assassin is at the end of the movie. Uh, and one of the, uh, all time scenes when he goes back to the saloon. Uh, I know, I know Jeff, you haven't seen this, right? Unforgiven? Yeah. I've seen it. I, I've only seen it once, though, so I don't okay. remember it too well. Okay. Yeah, same. Okay. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a hell of a, a scene. Uh, so, yeah, number four is William Money, uh, as played by Clint Eastwood in Unforgiven. Very cool. All right. Um, Alex, number three, because my number four was Assassin's Creed. So, yeah, Alex, number yep. three. Number three is uh, when I saw this, you know, take on it. This was a bit of an, like an assassin noir, and it was a Russian foreign film. That my dad made me watch. I was like, really? But it turned out to be like a really good gripping movie. And it was La Femme Nikita. Which I think mm. was remade in the US with Jodie Foster. No, no, right? no. It wasn't, it wasn't Jodie Foster. It was uh, Bridget Fonda. Oh, okay. At Point of No Return? Yeah. Which, uh, yeah, I like the original better, of course. But the Point of No Return was okay. Yeah. But the original was pretty gripping. And a strong female lead. So yeah, I recommend if you haven't seen it. It's a classic. Was there a like a oh, what's it called? A liquid television cartoon on this or something? I think there's Ion Flux? Yeah, maybe that's what I'm thinking of, but I'm not sure. I don't Is, think so. Nothing sounds familiar mm. to you guys. Okay. No. Although with the talking about the French assassin though, that made me think of something that's not on my list, damn it. Oh well. <laughs> Gene Reno? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's honorable yeah. mention for Jean me. Renault. Yeah, me too. Um, all right, uh, Al, uh, Scott, number three. Okay, uh, so uh, number three uh, is combining characters here, uh, but Jules and Vincent. Ah, that's my number three yeah. as well. Uh, from Pulp Fiction. <laughs> really, if you had to separate them, you know, I would I would put Jules there. Uh, but just, it, it's less about them being hitmen, although you get the, the great scene at the beginning and then again later in the movie. Uh, but just their, their characters uh, from uh, the one of my all-time favorite scenes in anything when they're cleaning the car out. <laughs> um, uh, just... Uh, everything they do, but at the at the beginning, like when they they're talking about how what they're gonna have to do, and they they say how they need shotguns, and uh, you know they say let's get into character, and they they knock on the door, and Jules just goes in that whole spiel just because he wants to fuck with them. You know, he could, they could have just gone in there and shot everybody; it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah, this is this is them. Like <laughs> this is how they work. Uh, so Jules and Vincent. Yep, and I'll follow up with, yeah, just the way they set it up. The whole, even before that, just, you know, driving with the whole Royale with cheese. Right. Two hitmen going to do their job, and they're just talking about the most mundane thing. So cool. And then he absolutely shoots Marvin in the face. Yeah, and so. then the, the whole uh, conversation about the foot massages. And, yeah. yeah, would you rub a man's foot? Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> but, like I said, and then, but when the shit gets going down and Jules just turns into just a, a badass motherfucker. Yeah. I it's don't remember asking you a goddamn thing, and that—that's where just a what ain't no country down. I ever heard of. Yeah. Oh God, so good. He drinks his. Uh, <laughs> the best part of that whole scene is when he takes the bite of the burger. He's like, "May, may I take uh, have some of your your beverage to wash this down," and he drinks the whole goddamn thing, and just looks at him, maintaining eye contact with him the whole time. Mm-hmm. So good. All right, uh, Alex, number two. Uh, my number two also has to do with Tarantino, but this much later film, The Bride from Kill Bill. This is your number two? My list? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's my number She's two also. Badass. Yep, number two, The Bride. She 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 killed 88 guys? <laughs> there wasn't actually 88 of them. <laughs> I just thought it sounded cool. <laughs> that was awesome. But yeah, the bride, what a badass character Q and U created. And uh, isn't it about time to have a sequel? That's right, Beatrix versus uh, Vernita Green's kid, right? Mm-hmm. God, I can't believe that was so long ago. I know. But that would be feasible. Yeah, it's, what, this is a mid-2000s movie, and then, yeah, she'd be 12 years older. She'd be at least late teens, early 20s, definitely assassin range. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, she's been bit. she's been eating her kabooms. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say a little bit more about this because it's just higher on my list. But um, all right, all right, Scott, number two, same thing you said. Yeah, two is the bride. All right, and my number two is what was already mentioned would be John Wick uh, of the newer movies. Uh, I, I just I loved it. The first one especially. The second one I didn't like as much, but still good. Uh, but that first one, you know, it's. Just like Taken, except I guess I would put Taken, but Taken, he's not an assassin, so I guess I can't use him. But it's just that whole same action, nonstop, go, 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 kill, kill, kill. Awesome. Just the double taps yeah. the head, like the, yeah, it's yeah. an assassin mood. Yeah. So John Wick, my number two. Alex, what's your number one? My number one is from the world of anime, and this guy character is so freaking ridiculous. 
it, it's well it could only be done in cartoon form it's unbelievable it is Golgo 13 the greatest sniper on earth he managed to ricochet a bullet off of splashing water in a pool to hit his target once <laughs> <laughs> I saw that I was dying so good science yeah it's possible no it's not <laughs> Sure it is. No. I mean, not to do it on not to do it on purpose. No, that's not how. Uh, Scott, uh, Alex has his own uh, a, bullet. Well, I mean, as long so. as long as he, I mean, as long as he wasn't using a twenty-two, I suppose it's possible. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, but that's happened in real life before, where a guy was shooting tanks out in the ocean, or shooting cans of be- empty beer that he was just throwing in the water, and he was shooting with his rifle, and one of the bullets ricocheted and hit a lady on the freeway. Yeah, I don't I don't buy that. <laughs> Look it up, bro. Anyways. <laughs> uh, well, if it's on the internet, it must be true. It's a real news story, damn it. Anyway, all right, Scott, <laughs> number 1. Number 1, uh this was this was a tough call between uh, a couple of numbers here. Uh the numbers being 800 and 1000. Uh but I went ahead with the T1000. As, uh, nice. as as my number one assassin, mm. assassin. Uh, yeah, we we talked a lot about this when we did our T two podcast. But uh, was he menacing? But when he actually gets to fight, he's fucking way powerful. Um, and he's just a motionless killing machine. Um, it's even more terrifying the way that he can assume other people's forms and sound like them. He's like the perfect assassin. Uh, so that's my number one, the T one thousand. He's not. He's not worried about Wolfie. He's not worried about Wolfie. Not a, not even a little bit. <laughs> nice. That's a good one. I may bump something off my list for those. I didn't even think about that. Um, all right, my number one's the bride. Um, everything you guys had said, just and the way they set her up, and I mean the whole Viper gang themselves. Also, all of those guys could be on the list, probably mm-hmm. right. Like especially yeah. like Oren's backstory is really yeah. cool. Um, but yeah, the bride, Bill. Beatrix, kiddo. Snake Charmer. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that just that same thing we said with uh, Jules and Vince. Quentin just kind of sets it. You don't have to show. It's more, this is tell, not show, in a way, like with backstory. And then so you just, you're just you just waiting for the shit to happen. Um, yeah. And then when she does do her stuff, it's pretty awesome. So, Beatrix Kiddo, number one for me. And honorable mention would be Leon. I think that's what uh, Scott was going to add later on. Yeah. Jean yeah. Renault. <laughs> Uh, I, don't, I don't mention for me um, Antonio Banderas from <laughs> from yeah, Assass- Assassins. <laughs> I'm number one. Just him chewing on scenery. <laughs> I'm number one. Assassins. So I'm surprised. I thought I would <laughs> forgot some, and you guys were going to name some ones. Besides the Terminator ones, you guys didn't really name any ones that I didn't think about. So I would have thought it would have been a huge list, but I guess not. Yeah. No, I almost... I almost got the jackal on there. Yeah. I can tell you the only thing I know about jackal. This is how bad this is. I wanted to see uh, Alien Four. They ran out of tickets, so I bought a ticket for Jackal. And snuck <laughs> in to see Alien Four. I don't know if I won or lost that deal, but that's what I remember. Get to see Richard Gere do a, a shitty Irish accent. I didn't get to see. Richard. Oh, yeah. yeah. There you go. Got to see. Uh, Stupid alien gets sucked through a little hole. And, oh, that's right. Yes. I got a Ron Perlman, though, so that was cool. All right. Well, um, 
That hey, it? that movie helped Spider-Man and Iron Man defeat that one guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Infinity War when he gets sucked out of, into space. Oh, but that's oh, that's, that was, no, that was Aliens. <laughs> yeah. It's Alien, mm-hmm. it's Aliens, and it's Alien 4, and I forget how they beat it in Alien 3. They, Probably the same thing. They pour cold water on it. Oh, yeah, that's right, because he was all molten. Oh, and and the, the metal. lava. Yeah, and the lava. Yeah. Or the smelting plant. <laughs> he right. smelted it, dealted it. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. It's time for Alex Knows Sports. I'm Alex, and I like sports. Sports ball? So a real thing happened. <laughs> Just recently, Do tell. where a, a by the uh, it was a heavyweight match. I guess it was much anticipated. I'm not. I don't really do boxing, but as soon as the bell rang, one of the fighters just walked the fuck out. He just stepped out of the ring and went back to the locker room, and that was it. So did they go through the whole thing where they they did the this corner is so and so, and this yeah. corner, you know, and then they touch gloves, and he just walked out like what? Uh, yeah. Literally, he went. They went over to the ref. The ref explained everything. Then they went back to their corners, and then the bell rung, and then he just walked through the rope and we just walked home. They must like he must he must have like really just needed a body there to get people to the buy tickets or something. I don't know. That's weird yeah, because I guess the the um, the guy F A Ahab Ajabda Ajabba. I can't pronounce his last name. I feel like Jeff over here. <laughs> Ejeb, uh, uh, he, I guess he's supposed to be some phenom. He's from he's a Nigerian Olympian. So uh, that, he... I'm, I'm guessing there's a little bit of uh, just intimidation in that fact because he's had was it six fights and five were from KOs and he's six and zero. Oh. I mean, was he and like I mean, protesting was... something? Like, yeah. Also, that that Curtis Harper, he doesn't have a bad record, but yeah, he said that he wasn't getting paid enough. Really, and he wasn't getting uh, enough respect. He's not getting paid enough to fight, and that he wants respect. It's pretty much the line that was given. Yeah, the whole thing's so weird. It was, it was a form of pro- protest, and yeah. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> I haven't seen that since when Mike Tyson was fighting What's-His-Face, and he walked out of the ring after a couple rounds, or maybe even at, even after one round. I don't know who what's his face is. Holyfield when he bit his ear? No, Holyfield fought. Or I think the fight was stopped after that, but Yeah. I don't know. No, it was it was uh, some other big white dude. Oh. Mm. But yeah, I remember he walked out and people were throwing slurpees at him. But in this one everybody was just dumbfounded. They're like, "Wait, what? Is this real?" You can see him, everybody in the crowd just like raising their hands and smiling going, "Wait, what are you doing?" It's time for Nim News. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah. All right. So a, a few brief topics here. Uh, so they've started screenings of Aquaman, which is due out right around Christmas time this year. Uh, and DC has a new director, and they're going in a new direction. Right? <laughs> no, no, they're, it's in the can. Uh, scrapping, <laughs> scrapping the film. A little late now. Uh, so. <laughs> Early impressions are, it's not horrible. (laughs) (laughs) Yay! So, you know, it's about all we can really hope for at this point. Uh, So it was one of the better parts of uh, Justice League. 
It's Jason Momoa as Arthur Curry. Although I felt like his character was a little uneven. Uh, so maybe we'll get more of it. My man. My man, yeah. So uh, Je- I know Jeff is unimpressed with uh, people riding sharks. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll see how this goes. You know, I, I with these outside of pretty much like the the Marvel stuff, I guess. Uh, I don't get too excited about any of the stuff anymore, including Star Wars. Uh, so go, going in with, with low expectations on this one as well. So hope, hopefully mm-hmm. it'll, yeah, again, be okay. Uh, yeah. So there's that. Um, you know, hopefully you don't hear more about it. It's terrible. The more people see it. It's a good thing that they're actually screening it and showing it to press, though. Because sometimes they yeah, won't show it to anybody because they don't want the bad reviews out ahead of time. <laughs> uh, uh, before we move on, there's a great Onion article where it says Jason Momoa <laughs> be, uh, decided to go method actor and uh, was training to be a, a useless loser for this role. <laughs> <laughs> for weeks. Oh, sick sick burn, Aquaman. <laughs> sick, sick burn. Uh, yeah, it's, it's like that any time they have like the robot chicken... That <laughs> stuff where Aquaman just yeah. gets shit on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you can talk to fish. That's really useful. Yeah. So there's that. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy three, moving on to the MCU, uh, has has been officially delayed. Uh, they were well, they yeah. were set. Yeah. The, well, I guess filming was set to begin at the beginning of next year, um, and that's been. Uh, delayed. They basically sent everybody home that was going to do all the pre-production uh, and told them, it's, you know, better work, better look for work elsewhere. So, you know, at this point, they're still Thanks. looking for a director. Uh, you know, uh, unfortunately, there's there's no chance of James Gunn getting put him back on this. If no other reason, then, yeah, the, the Disney execs have already decided no. Um, I, I'm not even sure it's so, like, it's out, you know, by me completely out of like Kevin Feige and the the MCU team's hands at this point, mm-hmm. uh, whether they wanted him back or not. Uh, well, they can't show weakness with these Hollywood types. Nope. So not even little. Uh, they they are going to use his screenplay though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which how is that? I, I don't understand what the difference is. We will not employ well, this man, <laughs> but we will. He had a good script, so we're going to use it. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think there was, was enough. It, there was probably Batista was lobbying for it. Yeah, there was probably enough backlash the other way that they had to conce- make some concessions to keep the cast from revolting. Uh, so at this point, you couldn't you couldn't replace any of those people. You couldn't pull like a a, a war machine going from. Uh, they're, all, they're all dead, Scott. Going from ten. Oh, that's true. I guess yeah. technically you could do whatever the hell you wanted around. Right <laughs> yeah, no, no, they're all dead yeah. except for Rocket. So. Oh. Or should I say... He's just a voice. Should, should I say, oh, snap. Jesus. <laughs> Spoiler Too alert. Too soon. <laughs> um, so that, that leads me to my the last thing I want to talk about here. Um, it's that... I still don't know how to pronounce his name. But the... Thanos. It's Thanos. No, I don't know. Oh. Uh, the guy that directed Thor Ragnarok, Taika... What, oh, Waititi? Waititi. Uh, reportedly has had a meeting or two with Marvel. Uh, so there's a lot of speculation going on with what they want him to do. Uh, you know, because with James Gunn gone, 
people are naturally assuming that that he would be the one to step in, and you know, given yeah. given his sense of humor, it it makes sense. Um, but if it's not that, I'm curious to see like what else they might want him to do, like what what other properties they they want him to uh, maybe take a shot at. Uh, maybe they're even talking about Thor four. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, so we'll we'll see how that all shakes out. But yeah, the the whole him taking the reins of Guardians makes a lot of sense. Uh, Thor four more s'mores. Yeah, that's the tagline. I I'm down. <laughs> take shut up and take my money. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Thor. I'm Thor. So yeah, that that's that's basically all I wanted to to mention today. Uh, yeah. Uh, hopefully, again, some some news will shake out about uh, Taika Waititi, about what he's doing next with Marvel. Uh, Alex, uh, was there anything you wanted to go over? Mm, nope. I'm set. All right. Jeff? No news. Just I've been watching reruns of Battlestar Galactica, which we're going to review on here very soon. Uh-oh. Scott oh, yeah. and Alex. Got to get on that. Um, at least with the miniseries. We'll talk about that. But that's something I want to do. But I've been watching them. I love it. Old, old X-Files episodes. And then Better Call Saul is uh, returned. So I've been watching that. And anyone here who's a Breaking Bad fan and hasn't been watching Better Call Saul, do yourself a favor and watch it. It's just as good as the... Maybe not just... Yeah, maybe it is better. It depends on what what you look, what you like most about Breaking Bad. If, but if you liked a lot of this stuff with the... I'm not going to spoil anything. Just watch it. If you like the show, Breaking Bad, watch Better Call Saul. That's all I can say. Um, and that's it. That's all I've been doing. So, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We at Hans Shop First like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you. So, feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast. <laughs>